from First United Methodist Church in historic downtown Eastland, Texas. You're listening to our weekly Sunday morning worship podcast. Welcome. I'm Dustin Tatro, music associate and organist, and your host for this positive time of music and the spoken word. Our apologies in advance for the quality of this week's audio. We are making upgrades in equipment here at the church and assure you that this will not happen again. From Sunday morning worship on February 9th, 2014, Pastor Daryl Phillips delivers a message on worship and why it is the heart, not the place or style that truly matters. Pastor Darrell's text comes from John 4, verses 19 through 24. We invite you to locate and use this text in preparing your heart to receive the word as the sanctuary choir offers John Rudder's setting of Rejoice, the Lord is King.
My sermon this morning comes from the book of John, chapter 4, beginning with verse 19. Listen for the word of God. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Let us pray. Most gracious God, for the word that you have given to us, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll speak to our heart. God, let us push all other things aside, and let us focus on your word and focus on you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. We've done some different things today. We've had some different kind of worship, and I thought it was fitting that as we began to experience some new things and see some new things, we had the children do our call to worship this morning. David and Dustin did a, a praise song this morning, and, and it's, just, it's, it's been great. It's been great to just fall into worship with God. The Samaritan woman was coming to Jesus, and you, many of you know the story of the, of the Samaritan woman at the well, and, and Jesus said, give me something to drink. And she said, who, do you, who are you talking to me? I can't believe that you're asking me for something because I'm a Samaritan. He said, it doesn't matter who you are. I asked that you give me something to drink, and he began to talk to her. And he began to tell her stories and tell her how things, how things were. And one of the things that he told her, she said, what, you know, we worship on this mountain, but some people say that we need to worship only in Jerusalem. And he said, it doesn't matter where you worship. He says, it doesn't matter where you worship because God is present in all of those places. God is present in all of those places. It doesn't matter where we worship. What time we worship, none of those things make any difference to us. What matters is that we have invited the Holy Spirit into our hearts and into our souls and into our lives. It's then that we can really do worship to Jesus Christ. It is then that we can really be the person that God has called us to be and to really lift him up. I want to talk to you today about three different kinds of worship. The first kind of worship I want to talk to you is about family worship. Family worship. Desi says prayers for us every time we sit down at the table and, and, and every time we get in the car to go to school, she'll say a prayer. Sometimes you can understand everything she says. Sometimes you don't get any of it. But what we know is that God knows. God knows her heart. God knows exactly what she's talking about. Sometimes, you know, when you, when you go, go to eat at a restaurant, and a lot of times they'll give the kids a, a menu with colors and stuff like that. Well, sometimes she'll pray for that picture and that paper she's going to write on. But it's okay. Because her heart is saying, Jesus, I thank you. Jesus, I thank you for what's going on and what has been given to me in my life, and I praise you for it. I thank you for it so much. <coughs> in family worship, we go around and we, we, we teach our family what is, what is important, that it's important to pray, that scriptures are important, that the Bible is important. I can't believe that my own son said whatever it was today, but God's not here with us or something like that. And he knows better. He knows better. He knows that God is with us everywhere that we go, or he should. He should. When we have family worship, it doesn't mean that we have to go and sing songs. Maybe we do. 
It doesn't mean that we have to do this or do that. It doesn't mean that we have to have the most eloquent prayers. But what it means is that we need to have our hearts in tune with God. We need to have our hearts in tune with God, no matter how it is and how we choose to do our family worship. Another type of worship that I was told in seminary, you can't do this type of worship. And I disagreed with them. You know, sometimes you don't disagree with professors. It was one of those times that wasn't good. But they said, you can't have individual worship. Worship has to be corporate. You always have to have somebody else to have worship. I said, no, 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 no. Because I drove every two days a week, I drove from Waco to Fort Worth at 7 o'clock in the morning. had an 8 o'clock class, or 6.30. Always had an 8 o'clock class in seminary, and I had worship on my way to school. I had worship. I may be singing out loud, and, and I thankfully had the windows rolled up so nobody could hear. I'm on 35, and I may be singing out loud. I may just be quietly contemplating what God has for me, or, or I may just be pouring out my heart and saying, God, I can't believe I'm taking this class at 8 o'clock in the morning. What, did, what am I doing? But I had private worship. I had private worship. I had a time when I was with God. This morning, as, as I got to Ranger, I, I, my sermon was ready, and I was ready that way, but my heart wasn't quite ready. And so I drove around behind the church, and I just sat on the street behind the church and, and just sat there and just contemplated God for just for a short time. I said, God, just come in and change my heart and melt me and mold me and let me be the vessel that you want me to be. And it wasn't until after that that I realized I had forgotten the bullet. So I was really thankful for that prayer and that time to be alone with God. But God gave me that time of private worship. That time that I could come together with him and I could sit and I could just bask in his presence just for a few minutes. Sometimes our worship, our private worship, may be in a closet. Sometimes it may be at our desk at work. No matter where it is, take time to have some private worship. And then we have our corporate worship. Corporate means from the court, the body of Christ. Well, we come together and we worship the worship through the body of Christ. It's great to come in and, and, and to have the, the, the music and the songs and and the choir did such a beautiful job, and it set the tone for our worship. Even the children set our tone for worship this morning, that we could worship in spirit and in truth, that nothing else mattered. It didn't matter how loud or how good they sang. What matters is what they was lifting their, their selves up to Jesus Christ. And they helped you to lift up yourself to Christ as well. What is important in corporate worship is not how you, how you sing or, or what songs you sing. And you know how many times that... The preacher hears, how come you sing those songs? You know, my mama used to always tell me, and she still will, if, if, she, if she was here in church this morning, I would, we'd go to lunch afterwards. She'd say, how come we don't sing some of those old songs? I'd say, Mama, this song was written in the 1700s. How much older do you want? What she means by old songs are songs that she grew up with in church. What she grew up with in church and what I grew up with in church are totally different. And I guarantee you that some of these people in this church can tell you that what I'm singing, what I grew up with, are old songs. That was a long time ago. doesn't matter. Those things don't matter. My Sandy's a grandmother. In the tradition that I grew up in, in church, and the tradition that we were in for, for quite some time, we raised our hands and worshiped, and, and we, we, just, we just let it out, and we let God have his way within us. One time, Sandy's mother, her grandmother, came to, to church with us, and, and she was a die-hard Southern Baptist lady. 
And she graduated from Baylor when she was about 57 years old because she was determined she was going to be a Baylor graduate. It didn't matter. And so she graduated from Baylor University, and, and she came to church with us, and she sat across the table from us at lunch. She said, very, very seriously, why do you raise your hands? Why do you raise your hands? And my answer that I came back to her with, because it's a sign of complete and total surrender to the Lord. Complete and total surrender to the Lord. And it doesn't mean that, that, that we have to, to raise our hands to be surrendered to God. It doesn't mean we have to sit on our hands in order to be in worship in church. But what we need to do is look and see what our hearts are, and our hearts may be totally different than somebody else's. It doesn't matter how the Baptists do it, or how the Church of Christ do it, or how the Assembly of God Church does it, or or how the Episcopalians do it, it doesn't matter. Because what is important is, has God spoken to you today in worship? Have you felt like you've been in the presence of God in worship this morning? Can you take some of God with you when you walk out these doors? Do you know that the power of God has been poured out over you? That's what makes a difference in worship. That's what makes a difference in worship. I love worship this morning. From the very first kid song to the last choir song, the last hymn that we've sang, and then the last hymn that we'll sing as our closing. Worship has been powerful this morning. And I praise God for that. And only God gets the glory for it. Because when we're in this place and we're lifting up God, God's going to pull us up with him. You know that? People leave sometimes. I didn't get anything out of that service this morning. What was that preacher even talking about? What was that song that David and Dustin did? Ah, oh, man, get that guitar out of this church. But when we leave here, Stan, we lifted up God. And when we lifted up God, he said, if what? If I be lifted up, I will do what? I will draw all people to me. I will draw all people to me. I will take you up with me. I will lift you up with me. You won't be left downtrodden and heartbroken but you'll be lifted up too. It's not about what we get out of worship all the time, but sometimes what did we put in? What did we put into? Have we put into the Spirit of God? Have we come in saying, Lord, it's all about you today. It's all about you. Jesus told the Samaritan woman, there's going to be times that you can't worship on this mountain. And there's going to be times that the Jews cannot worship in the temple. But what? Jesus told her was that you worship me in spirit and in truth. In spirit, knowing that God is a spirit and he has fallen upon us and he is there for us. In truth and knowing that truth is the reality of all the things that are around us, all the circumstances that surround us. In truth and in reality, we are to worship God. We're to worship God. Oh, sometimes it gets hard. Sometimes it gets really difficult to worship God and, and we think, you know, why bother? Why bother? Sometimes we think the circumstances around us, that there's no way that God can be caring about us or listening to us or, or having any thoughts about what's best for us. But when we lift him up and we lift up his presence and we give him the power and the authority to make changes in our lives, it's then that God will come to us and will make a difference. And all these things that are happening around us won't matter. They will not matter because God wants us to lift him up so that he can draw us with him. So that he can draw us with him.
How about worship? How about your worship? What is your personal worship? What is your family worship? Are those two things preparing you for your Sunday morning worship? Or your Sunday evening worship? Or your Wednesday night worship? Are those things preparing you for those, for those times? When you come together as a body? When you come together as the body of Christ? To edify him. To glorify him. To lift him up. And to let him. Be the Lord of Lords, King of God of all creation. Our provider, Jehovah Jireh, He provides for us. But we must worship Him, lift Him up in spirit and in truth. In spirit and in truth, we must lift Him. What is God working with you? What is God telling you that you need to? What direction is he giving you? Because when we stop and listen to the direction of God, that's worship. It's worship. When we take our first step of faith and we go in the direction that God is calling us to, maybe he's calling you and me to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Maybe he's leading us into one area or another area in our life. Are we willing to take that step of faith? Are we willing to say, above all things, I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I lift you up. The differences don't matter. So many people have come to me and they say, well, what do you think about this? And what do you think about this from different denominations? And my question to, to them is, what does it have to do with you? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord? What does it have to do with you? And most of the time they say, absolutely. I said, then that's things that man has dreamed Things that man have, has dreamed up has nothing to do with what the Lord wants. The Lord wants us totally surrendered to him. And nothing else. Nothing else. We're going to sing just a moment. Our closing. And as we begin to sing that hymn, I want you to sing from the bottom of your heart as if Christ was standing right. Because he as if Christ was sitting in the pew beside you because as if Christ being lifted up because that's our job to lift him I'll never forget my first Sunday here how nervous I was and how Dustin messed up I'm going to bring it up real often because you know what it didn't have anything to do with our worship our worship continued because it was our God that lifted Christ. And he made me feel so good because I wasn't the first one in that service. It has to do with our worship. Where is our focus and where is our heart? Have we prepared ourselves in private worship and in family worship to be in the house of the Lord? Or are we just trying to wing it? I did wing it range out of Where's our Where's our heart? What is our focus? Doesn't matter what style. Doesn't matter if you're standing, sitting, kneeling, laying flat on the floor. What matters? 
It is our prayer that you have been blessed by this presentation of highlights of the Sunday morning worship service from First United Methodist Church of Eastland, Texas. Visit us online at fumceastland.org. Again, that is fumceastland.org. For more positive messages from Pastor Daryl Phillips, subscribe to the First Fruits of Eastland podcast. This podcast is an online source of our four-minute radio devotional airing live in Eastland County each weekday morning and afternoon on 97.7 FM KATX Eastland. Each week, the program delivers a positive devotional and a special feature from a highlight of our church life. Connect with us on Facebook by searching for First United Methodist Church of Eastland. From the friendliest church in North Central Texas, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.